I want to start this morning by asking a question. Do you know what your name means? Anybody got any idea what their name means? Laura. Victory. It's a good meaning for a name. Anybody else know what their name means? Theodore. It means a gift from God, did you say? Yeah. In fact, your name means the same as my name. My name's gift from God as well. Not sure if everybody thinks that. But <laughs> Anybody else know what their name means? Gracious. Beautiful name. Yeah, gracious. Yeah. Anybody else? No? Go on then. What does it mean? <laughs> beauty. We've got some good names in the house this morning. <laughs> so, Dara, what does your name mean? Wonderful. So, we've got various meanings of names. Names are important, and even more so in the Bible. There are various people in the Bible whose names were changed by God once they'd met with God. <clears throat> so um, we can remember Abram, whose name was changed to Abraham. Abram means high father, and Abraham means father of many. And then God changed Jacob's name, which meant supplanter, to Israel which means God contends. And then in the New Testament, Saul, whose name means asked for or prayed for, was changed to Paul, which means humble. And Jesus also said to Simon that he would now be called Peter, which means rock, because he said, the church would be built on him as the rock. And we also have names given to people. God told Mary and Joseph to name their baby Jesus, meaning saviour, because he would save his people from their sins. And he told Zechariah and Elizabeth to name their baby John, which means God is gracious. We all have a name. They were given names in the Bible. But what about God's name? God told Moses his name was I Am. And the name Jehovah means the self-existing one or the I Am. To the Israelites, this was a name that they thought of as incommunicable, and inexplicable. Jehovah was before all things, the creator of all things, an awesome and in Old Testament times a seemingly impersonal, unknowable being. But God wanted us to know him in a personal way. So in scripture 
we find five revealing titles to his name, Jehovah. I suppose you could call them five word portraits to help us to understand him and to relate to him. And the Israelites usually discovered these truths when they were going through times of crisis and times of distress. Don't we find that the same? That as we go through crisis in our lives or distress, we get to know God more and in a more intimate way. The most famous, I suppose, um, name of Jehovah was Jehovah Jireh. Most of us know that, which means the Lord will provide or the Lord will see. When Abraham was about to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, God provided a lamb as an offering in Isaac's place. And in response, Abraham called God Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees and provides. Just as Jesus was provided as a sacrifice in our place. The New Testament also points us to the Lord who sees. He sees our needs and he provides for us. Jesus said in Matthew 6 verse 32, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. Like a caring, responsive parent, God sees his children's needs before we even spot them. And he provides the solution. We don't have to beg, we don't have to bargain with him, we don't have to plead with him. Maybe you're wondering why you don't always get what you want or what you ask for. But God knows what you really need. We don't always know. It's possible for our wants to be gratified, but our needs to go unmet. So, Jehovah Jireh sees your needs, and because he sees them, he will provide for them. It's that simple, is it? Then there's Jehovah Nissi, which means the Lord is my banner. When Israel was threatened by the armies of Amalek, God gave them a glorious victory. And realizing that God was fighting the battle for them, Moses built an altar to Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner. Fighting our own battles was never God's idea. In Exodus, the Bible says, the Lord is a man of war and the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Don't be afraid or dismayed, for the battle is not yours, but God's. As human beings, we get exhausted, we get discouraged, because we keep trying to fight our own battles in our own strength. We engage sometimes in a, a cycle of we repent, we resolve we're not going to do that again, we struggle with it, with the sin that we've got, we, we feel defeated when we can't 
defeat it ourselves, we get discouraged and then we go round into repenting again. The only spiritual conflict that's ever successfully won is the one God fights for us. He doesn't expect us to win the battle, but to let him win it on our behalf. Aren't we supposed to fight though? Doesn't the Bible say we should fight the good fight of faith? It's that word faith that's important. Ours isn't a battle of exhausting effort. It's the battle of believing, battling with our faith. When Jacob wrestled with God, he didn't win by the wrestling. He won by being rendered too weak to keep wrestling. He won because he surrendered to God. So are you worn out from the battle? Are you at the end of your tether or your rope? Then that's where God wants you to be. We need to let go and trust Jehovah Nissi, our banner, to prevail for us. Because the bottle, the bottle, the bottle? No, the battle is not ours, it's God's. We can declare with Paul, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. It isn't always easy to hand our battles over to God and let him fight for us. We can feel like we're copping out or we're being irresponsible. The world would say to us, don't just sit there, do something. But just because God fights for us doesn't mean we're not involved. The hardest part for us in the order where he says, stand still, still and see the deliverance of the Lord, is that we mistake standing still as doing nothing or being derelict in our duty. Fear can say to us, just do something. But our faith says, stand in faith and let God do it. That's about as far as doing nothing as it can be. Faith is hard work sometimes. It's faith at its highest. So how come if we're not fighting a battle, how come we need spiritual armour? Paul said to put on the whole armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. We wear God's armour, not our own. We are to stand, not fight. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. Human methods get in God's way. Natural abilities that we've got are useless against spiritual forces. We once perhaps trusted in our own human effort. Now we need to trust only in Jehovah Nissi, our banner. And then there's Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace. Gideon found this out when God assigned him the job of leading Israel against the Midianites. It was a position God, Gideon saw as far beyond his abilities. Gideon said, actually, how can I save Israel? 
My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. But the Lord said to Gideon, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites. Peace, do not be afraid, you are not going to die. A frightened Gideon believed God before the battle was even fought and the victory secured. Through the eyes of his faith in God, he saw peace already secured and built an altar to Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, my peace. We assume that we can only have inner peace when everything in our outer circumstances is favourable. But Gideon learned that inward peace doesn't depend on altering our outward circumstances. It depends on faith again. It depends on believing that Jehovah Shalom is with you and that he will bring you through the battle with inner peace. In John, Jesus said, Peace I live with, leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So no matter, no matter how inadequate we may feel today, remember the words of Jesus. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Take heart, I have overcome the world. We were talking in the prayer room this morning about Jesus being the overcomer and that is what he's done for us. He's overcome the world. Our job is just to take heart because Jehovah Shalom is with us. We need to just trust in the overcomer, in Christ, to handle the circumstances for us. And then there's Jehovah Tsikainu, I think. Not quite sure if you pronounce it like that. but And that is the Lord is our righteousness. This was given... Um, to Jeremiah when God spoke to him. When he was announcing the coming of Jesus, God said, I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line, and this will be his name. The Lord is our righteousness. Before Jesus came, our righteousness was dependent on our own efforts. In Deuteronomy it said, we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commands the Lord our God has given us. I'm not sure about you, but I find it difficult to obey all the commands that our God has given us. We fail in the righteousness area, in the righteousness test, every time. But the Lord, our righteousness, became our solution. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In Jesus, we've become righteous before God. We can draw on what we need from that righteousness deposited into our account by Christ. If we need humility, if we need purity, 
or patience or kindness or love, it's useless looking within ourselves because they're just not there. We must draw by faith again on the supply stored up for us in Jesus. <clears throat> Guilty, weary souls can draw strength. Confused minds can draw guidance from the inexhaustible supply in Jehovah Tzikainu. We draw righteousness and everything else we need through faith in what God has accomplished and stored up for us for our use in Jesus, the Lord, our righteousness. And the final name about God this morning is Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Ezekiel, when he was in the 25th year of the Israelites' captivity, um, was given this name. He, he was told by God as he described their future home, Jerusalem, he said, the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there. Over Christmas, we've been reminded that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. That means in all times, in all places, under all circumstances, for all of us, he's available and present. David said in Psalm 139, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. So the name Jehovah Shammah signifies that God's presence is all that we need. When we're children, when we're young children, and if we had good parents, then just the presence of our parents would be enough to comfort us and to bring confidence to us. Any fear or loneliness, any helplessness disappeared with them there. In Israel's worst moments, God's response was always the same. I am with you. Those words guaranteed their needs would be abundantly met. And today, God says it to us. He says, I am with you, and neither death, life, angels, spiritual powers, present or future fears, height, depth, nor anything else in all creation will separate you from my love. What a promise. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. As we come to the end of 2023, I'm sure we can look back and we can say, the Lord has provided. The Lord has been my banner. 
The Lord has been my peace. The Lord has been my righteousness. And the Lord has been there in all our situations. In 1939, George VI gave his Christmas message. And as part of it, he read a poem, which I think most people will know, which said, And I, st I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, Give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, Go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. So I went forth and finding the hand of God trod gladly into the night. And he led me towards the hills and the breaking of day in the lone east. As we leave 2023 and we move into 2024, let's have the faith to put our hand into the hand of God, our provider, our banner, our peace, our righteousness, knowing he'll always be there because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen.